Mr. Frasco, this is Mike from Lake Powell Boat Rental. We just got the boat back, and uh, it looks like you, you, uh, there's a big dent on the starboard side. I'm not sure what happened here, but we're not going to be able to return your security deposit. I'm not sure what you guys were doing, if you were fucking around or racing or something, but this boat's going to have to be detailed, so uh, we're keeping that $1,700 security deposit. Also, you left a bunch of your shit. I don't know if you want it. There's a couple of Lakers jerseys, some sweatshirts, a bunch of handles of vodka that are filled with some sort of yellow warm substance. I'm not sure what that is. Some nitrous canisters, some mushrooms in a, in a big plastic bag that, I mean, these things smell like horse shit. I'm not sure what they are. Some happy first birthday balloons and a bunch of boxes of tampons. Call if you want it. Uh, otherwise, we're going to toss this shit out and keep the security deposit. All right, call us if you have any questions. All right, and we're live. Andy Frasco's World Saving Podcast. I'm Andy Frasco. How the fuck we doing? I'm back from a vacation. I went on a boat for two weeks. Um, it was a lot of fucking fun. I took, um, basically took acid and mushrooms for two weeks straight to uh, find myself, in a sense. It was a blast. Never had a vacation longer than that where there's no cell phone service. Taught me a lot about myself, but it was a blast. Had a good time, and I'm ready to rock. Getting this shit going. Um, We got Sam Harris, ex-ambassadors. Big show. This guy was cool. He lives in L.A. He's from upstate New York. Uh, Just a badass interview. Uh, You'll hear all about it. His brother's blind in the band. And he had to take care of his brother his, basically his whole life. And he's in the band. And, you know, being in a band with a brother, it's it's complicated. So shout out to you, Sam, for being vulnerable. Can't wait for you to hear this. But fuck, dude, I got some crazy news. I'm, I am going to be closing out Red Rocks Amphitheater on September 17th, Thursday. Um, it's going to be badass. I'm fucking pumped up about it. Just a bunch of crazy shit. You know, I woke up from this daydreams thinking like, Oh, fuck. Am I, uh, you know, like sometimes when you work so hard, you forget um, all the work you put in. And uh, if you take a step back and realize that you're doing a good job and don't be so hard on yourself because we're not that hard on anyone else but ourselves. We're hardest on ourselves. So if we take a step back and say, wait, I I deserve a pat on the back too. Um, Not in a narcissistic way, but just give yourself credit for the work and just proud of the band that we even had the chance. I know it's only, you know, 200 tickets um, are allowed in the venue, but for them to give us the nod to play at a historic venue like that is fucking dope. So shout out to Red Rocks and shout out to uh, the gang Schwartz and the gang for getting us on the, on the bill. Um, Then also we got the dance party rocking. We got the dance party back September 19th. Um, fucking pumped up on that. Just a big week for the band. We got, um, I'm going to be smoking some 14er weed out there in the Red Rocks. Be like, ah, fuck yeah. Out here, Boulder weed in the Morrison area. Let's go. Um, if you're in the Colorado area, bring some to the show. Let's all get high and, um, and whatnot. But it's just been crazy, man. I, you know, sometimes you feel unmotivated to work when you get off, uh, the, the road, or get off, I know I did 23 weeks of just straight live streams and content that my brain was just scrambled and I was just like, I was, I feel like I was forcing shit 
And it's just, I'm just super proud that, um, you know, I got a great family and friends that uh, take care of me when I'm feeling stressed out and not judge me and shit. So shout out to all my friends out here in Denver for holding me um, and keeping me good. But yeah, it's, it's, it's fucking crazy out here right now for the Frasco band. It's awesome. It's a lot of things brewing the shit show. I, 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 we got some great crazy news for that. I can't tell you about yet, but it's fucking exciting. Um, just follow, you know, you know, just follow your dreams guys. It's going to be hard. It's going to be crazy. You're going to want to quit every other fucking day. I've wanted to quit every, not every other day, but every couple months, I'm like, fuck this. I'm working too hard. And, um, we realize that, um, when you don't give up on things, they come to you and they're not going to come to you when you want them to. They're going to come to you when, um, you're not expecting it. It's kind of like love, you know, I guess dreams, your dreams are love too, because you're not going to do something if you don't love it. I hope. You know, so stay strong out there. Do I have to put on this fucking Eye of the Tiger music for y'all? Stay fucking strong. The world's crazy. It's 2020. If we could have optim, this is what I want. I want you guys to prepare for 2021. You have three months to fucking, pre- I'm tearing this down, but you have three months to prepare to try to be optimistic for 2021. 2020 sucked. I know it was pessimistic. City, fucking the virus and jobs losing or y'all are living on unemployment it's just it's fucking hard but just if we could prepare ourselves and tell our mind that 2021 is gonna fuck shit up we're gonna fuck shit up in 2021 we're gonna be the best people we can be and prepare yourself just to try to look at life optimistically then i think we're gonna make it through this fucking madness you know it's like we think about the future too much you know i'm telling you to prepare for 21 but um if we prepare for optimism, then whatever happens, we're going to be okay with. If we prepare for doomsday style shit, then it's already going to, we're already putting that, those vibes into the world. So don't fucking do that to yourself. Stay strong, stay focused, and we're going to fuck shit up in 2021. So let, and let's enjoy this fall. Let's enjoy kind of this, uh, you know, we're going to, I'll call it the fallout fall. Like we're going to, Get rid of all the bad vibes. And we're going to fuck shit up. You're going to fuck shit up because you're a legend. And don't forget how powerful you actually are. So get out there and fuck shit up. Follow your dreams. Even if your fucking girlfriend or boyfriend or your parents don't believe in them, fuck them for now. Don't tell them to fuck off. But in their mind, in your mind, say, you know what? Fuck off, girlfriend or boyfriend or mom or dad. I'm going to do this. And I, and I realized that through my uh, two week of LSD is like, I hold people's words and I feel words so heavy. Like a, my mom called me right before I went on vacation and was like, oh, she, it was kind of a weird conversation. She was like, I'm just worried that you're on, you're on heroin or you're on drugs. And um, before even asking me how my day was, it was kind of fucked up in a sense. And, um, and I, you know, I, I, normally I would just hold that shit in and, just not and just not say anything and just keep going with my day. But you know, if you feel something, express it. And I did, and we're good now. And I'm like, I didn't like how you talked to me that way. And um, everything worked out. And she apologized, and I apologized, and told her I'm not doing heroin. I'm just doing LSD um, and mushrooms. So I'm like, calm down, calm down, calm the fuck down. Um, but 
why I got there was we hold things in. Don't hold anything in. If you have something to say, get it out there. Because if we keep all that shit in our body, it's fucking toxic. And poisons that stay in our body become cancers and pessimistic ideas. And we stop following our dreams. And this is all about following your fucking dreams. Just follow your dreams. Be the people you want to be. Be as authentic to who the fuck you are. Because at the end of the day, and when we go and die and do our thing, um, we just have our thoughts. And we just have our, we go, we go out alone. So just make sure when that day comes, when and we're all going to die, it's all good. It happens. Um, that we feel good about what we brought back and, and the honesty we are at least tried to bring into the world. So fucking stay honest. Stay powerful because you're a fucking legend. Don't forget that. All right, let's get on with the show. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back from vacation. I'm on fire right now, so let's do this shit. Um, we got Sam Harris. So, ladies and gentlemen, enjoy the show, and I'll catch you on the tail end to pump you up a little more because you fucking deserve it. Do I have to play the fucking music again? You deserve it. Go get it. Go get those dreams. All right, I'll talk to you guys soon. All right, next up on the interview hour, we have Sam Harris. From ex ambassadors, New York down to LA. Great story. Hey, Chris, play some ex ambassadors. Now everything sounds like a love song. Never really listened to their music before I did the interview. And then I started doing some research, played some music, and heard their story. And they're fucking good. And uh, the guy is smart as shit, writes for other people. He's kind of, I kind of relate to him where he, he holds all this. He feels like it's on him to do things. And, you know, with that pressure, it makes you work harder or sometimes it'll get you in your head that um, it'll get you in your head. And for him to take care of his brother who's blind and be in a band with the, his brother, and, you know, the, all the dynamics of fucking brotherly love. You've seen the Black Crows, you know, it's not hard, it's not easy to be in a band with your fucking brother. You know, the Robinsons fucking hate each other probably. So, shout out to Sam for being honest and vulnerable about the hardships it is to be in a band with a brother who has a disability. And um, it was a great conversation. I was really looking forward to showing this. I, I recorded this last week or right before I went on vacation. I was thinking, I'm like, yeah, this is a good one. So, ladies and gentlemen, please enjoy Sam Harris from X Ambassadors.
I'm doing great, man. How are you? How's quarantine treating you? Five months in, you know, five months in, (laughs) six months in, three months in. I don't know. It's all blending together. It's good, man. You know, it's 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 a very strange time. I've talked about this. Uh, That that is like the understatement of the of the century. It's a very strange time, (laughs) but it is. You know, I I feel like I've been very actively creative in this time been writing a lot of music been working on a bunch of different projects and like kind of figuring out nav i just like kind of dove straight into like re-navigating everything and i'll be honest with you some like yesterday and the day yesterday i i I, it like all just like hit me and I'm like exhausted. I'm fucking tired. Yeah, bro. I'm fucking tired. And then like today, I'm feeling like pretty good again. And like, you know, like, you know, it's Monday. I'm sometimes on Mondays, I'm like, I'm like, oh God, just let me just hide for a second. And I don't want to go out into the world. And then, you know, today I'm feeling a little better. So it's it's just like waves, man. It's just up and down and up and down and and uh you know, you try not to let it is like the greatest exercise in in living in the present. Yeah, that, totally. you know, I think any of us have have ex- ever experienced that definitely than I have ever experienced. What are your um, what if what are your ways to re navigate your anxiety? Because normally when we're on tour, we could fucking distract ourselves through our anxiety. Like now we're stuck with ourselves and we're stuck with our yeah. insecurities. Like, what are you working yeah. on to re uh, navigate those insecurities? Oh man, you know, uh, I, they're louder than ever, I think, in a lot yeah. of ways. And then in, uh, you know, I, I feel like, well, Basic things. All right. Basic things. I wake up every morning and I make a cup of coffee. That is like a ritual. You know, it's all about for me finding those rituals. So there's that. And then I journal. I, I write in a journal. I do. Uh, so there's this thing called the artist's way that I it's, I actually never read the book, but a lot of my friends have. And someone, a buddy of mine told me that he writes uh, three pages every day. So for the last year, uh, I've been journaling every day, three pages every day, just like a free write pen to paper, not like on my computer or on yeah. my phone or anything. Um, and that's a really nice way to like first thing in the morning, just kind of like, like vomit my, my, the insides of my brain out. Um, which, which helps, you know, and I'm talking to my therapist still on a, yeah. you know, biweekly basis, which is really, really good. And then other than that, um, you know, just trying to, trying to stay busy creatively. I I've never really had that 
problem. I mean, I've always, even when I'm, when I'm not on tour, I'm like obsessively, you know, working on new music or, um, you know, it's, it's, it's something that I I've talked about a lot. The weird thing about our job is that, um, it's a, it's a job, but it's also like my hobby. It's also yeah. what I, I love to do in my spare time. So it kind of is this all consuming thing for me. And, and, uh, um, I think the, the, the ways for me to stay healthy are usually like, they usually involve pulling myself out of it. <laughs> yeah. They usually involve like going to the beach you know, like in LA, I never go to the fucking beach out here and going in the ocean is like the most healing thing in the world. And we did it just recently, uh, for the first time throughout this entire quarantine. And it was so great. What does your therapist tell you about, you know, cause when we make our hobbies, our living, it kind of, it, it doesn't make it a hobby anymore. It makes it a living. <laughs> So it's yeah. at, like, and when we have a hobby that we are so precious about and we now we're forced to do the hobby, how do you get through the hump of doing, still being creative for you instead of being creative for everyone else? Well, I think that's something that, uh, you know, I've dealt with a lot recently, you know, like I, I think that even in my own work, you know, like it, it, it kind of, there are so many levels to it. Cause like I find my, I've found myself in the past, like thinking about what I'm writing and what I'm creating in context yeah. of like, you know, what the label wants or what our fans want or what radio wants or, you know, like, and, and that makes me feel a little suffocated sometimes. And then also, you know, getting into the zone of like writing for other people, you know, it's yeah. like you kind of get into this, like it's very competitive and, and you want to try and like, you know, have a million different ideas and a million different songs going all at once. And, and that can also be overwhelming. So what I've been focusing really simply lately is just like, what, what inspires me? Mm -hmm. What do I want to make? And that's it. So what is I that? I mean, like, look, look, right, what is that? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> we've got this record. So we have a new album that's done now. Um, that is one of my favorite things that we've, we've ever written. It's a concept record. Um, it, it kind of morphed into a concept record. Yeah. Uh, it started off as just like a collection of songs that I was, I wanted to weave like a sonic narrative through. And then once I found a sonic narrative, I kind of had this like narrative narrative, um, for it. Uh, and I wanted to also, uh, it, it it's, it's kind of a story about this, um, this, uh, voice inside your head coming coming to life and, and manifesting in reality and, and kind of what that does to you. It's like you're, you're, do you know the idea of the shadow self? Yeah. The, um, the Jungian shadow self. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like a, uh, uh, like almost like, a cartoonish version of the shadow self. Right. Um, and the, the album is structured like a book on tape. Um, cause I grew up listening to lots of books on tape with my brother, um, you know, because Casey's blind, 
watching movies together, like doing any of that shit was just like, not really, that was not watching TV together. That was not as entertaining for him. So, so we would listen to books on tape together. So I always wanted to structure an album kind of like with have, have little interludes like that throughout. Um, so that's what we did with this record and it flows like a book on tape and you have this voice of the narrator kind of blending in with the voice inside of your head. Um, and it's, it's a really weird trippy kind of, um, Tim Burton-y yeah. like, uh, uh, album experience. And we're working on a, a narrative podcast, um, that is going to go along with it. Um, so shit like that. And then, you know, simultaneously we're working on, because we've been doing, uh, more and more writing and producing with other artists. Yeah. Um, I kind of wanted to do a project that like didn't feature my voice. That was like just us as producers. And like, maybe I, I sing a little bit on a couple songs, like a hook or two or like some background vocals, but it's mostly like production and then like l- introducing new voices. Yeah. Um, so we're, we've been working on a project, um, that's an episodic project. That's, that's kind of, um, along those lines that we're going to announce. I mean, I think fairly soon, and we've got some great artists, you know, with, with that. And that's, that's been a really fun project for me because that is like really like something that, that feels like we've essentially created it to be this completely free outlet, you know, where, where like, it doesn't have to be like, there's no worry about it. Like, is this a song for our album? Is this a song for their record? Is it just a single? Like what, you know, it's just a, it, it, there's, there are no rules. It can just be a fucking cool song that we did with somebody else. How much pressure do you put on yourself versus the songs that you write for X versus the songs you write for other people? I put a lot of pressure on myself uh, on this last record because it was a follow-up for our first record, which did very well. And, um, you know, I was just, I just got kind of mentally caught up in like the rat race and like, you know, it was, I put so much pressure on myself and it, you know, it wasn't worth it in no. the end. It wasn't no. worth it for me in the end to do that. I am doing trying to do less of that with with myself um working with other people that feels like there's like i'm just i'm just there to be a you know to help be a conduit for someone else's work you know and like i'm i'm there in the service of of the artist uh you know i'll i'll make sure that it's the 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 place where i come into is like choosing who i work with you know what i'm saying like once i get there once I, like, I, I will say no to a lot of different projects, but then when I say yes to something, I You're come in. to the table and I'm, I'm there for you. I'm yeah. there to like, for to support your voice as, as a songwriter, as an artist, uh, even as a producer, like, you know, if I, I'm not precious about any of that shit, you know, when it comes down to when I'm in the room with someone who I, I really respect and admire, I'm like just there for you. So there's, I feel like pressure and I, and I want to make sure they know the pressure's off too. Yeah. You know, like how are you supposed to create something? If you're like, how are you supposed to create something special? If you're in this zone where you're like, 
you know, okay, like I got, uh, I got until six o'clock. Let's try and write like three fucking bangers, smashes. Yeah. Fuck that, man. Yeah. I, I have no interest in that. I have more of an interest sitting down with you, seeing what you're interested in, in pursuing, trying to catch a vibe. And if we do, we do, if we don't, we don't, you know, and, and, and I, and I want to create something that is interesting for you. Why do, uh, why does the music industry feel like, uh, we need to have quantity over quality? You know, I'm sure there are people out there who have much better answers to this. Um, but I, I think that they're trying, you know, on the, on the business end, they're, they're trying to throw so many different things against the wall. Um, to see what sticks and, yeah. uh, um, you know, that's always kind of been the philosophy and the way that it operates, the label operates and publishers operate. But do you think that causes more anxiety for the person creating? If you let it, you know, if you take it upon yourself to be the one to give them the, you know, the plethora of, of shit to throw at the wall then yeah, that'll, that'll really like fuck you up, you know? <laughs> I know. Uh, and I think, and I think a lot of us do, a lot of us take that pressure on, you know? Um, because like, first of all, it's exciting. The idea of just like, just make a bunch of shit and yeah. you're like, Oh yeah, I want to make a bunch of shit. And then you kind of, at least for me, like I kind of lost sight of why I was making it in the first place. Yeah. Same here. You know, like, why am I, why am I like writing a million fucking hooks over a million different beats? Like, why don't I hone in on something, create something from the ground up that I really feel passionate about? Yeah. You know, I, I, I think that like, God, our, you know, our biggest, our biggest struggle as people in this industry is to really, really, um, balance the, uh, you know, being a being a business person and with being an artist and being a, you know someone who is trying to market themselves and being an artist and uh, you know I I think that it is so easy for me lately to lose sight of being an artist you know especially oh my dad's calling me right now I'll uh, tell him what up dad what up dad. <laughs> I want to go back into shadow self because oh yeah, I mean, if we give our shadow too much control of ourselves, is that toxic? You know, the whole idea from what I, I've kind of understood so far about the Jungian shadow self is that it is, you know, when we're, when we're very young, we start to understand and we start to understand a little bit more about ourselves and our personality traits. We realize things about ourselves like that, that are able to help us survive, you know, and help us feel safe as, as young children. So it's like, if I grow up in an environment where, uh, I need to, if I, if I make my, to draw, draw too much attention to myself, that puts, that puts me in danger or, or I get, I get made fun of, or I, you know, like I, uh, I feel unsafe, mm-hmm. then I'm going to do, I'm going to take that part of me that is, is loud and gregarious and, and outspoken. And I'm going to, I'm going to put that away. I'm going to repress. I'm going to say like, I don't, I, that's, that's not something I need. Yeah. That's not something I need in my life. Is that ego? Um, 
I don't know what that would be. I mean, that would probably be more like your, your, yeah, maybe, I don't know. Um, anyways, they're like certain personality traits that we repress because they, they, we think that they endanger us. Right. Yeah. And they could, sometimes they're really good traits, but sometimes they're really like, sometimes, you know, when you, if you, uh, um, you're on the playground and you push a kid down just because you felt like it in the moment and they get a bloody nose and go yeah. to the nurse's office and you get scolded for that. You take that in and you say, Oh, okay. So that's, that's a part of me that exists that I probably shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> I probably shouldn't do all the time. Yeah, yeah you know? exactly. Um, and it's different for everybody. And I think that the, the, the really interesting part about the shadow self is it's, you know, it's, it's there, uh, you know, it's put together of, of, of the, the things that we some find ourselves later wishing we had more of. And, uh, um, and also the things that we, you know, are, have always been afraid of, of showing the world because they're, we consider them dangerous or, or ugly, you know, it's, uh, um, so in a sense, it's the shadow self is the things that aren't you in the present moment. Your, who is your shadow self, Sam? Oh, man. You know, I think I am a very diplomatic person. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, let's we can start there. Like, I, I, I'm in a fucking band, right? Mm -hmm. I'm like, I, I, am, I am the, you know, like, the one who, like, really, I'm always juggling personalities and, and trying to be the one, you know, to make everything copacetic all the time and, yeah. like, to, you know, incorporate everything. And I think... Probably, you know, that comes from a place of me as a child wanting to uh, wanting to help, wanting to pacify because I, you know, the household that I grew up in with it was it was mostly just me and my mom and my brother and my brother uh, was not only not only did he have a disability, but he was also like a very, very, very rebellious kid. Uh, so, he you know, my mom too, had her. Huh? Yeah, he was and blind. Rebellious? Born, born blind and like just like such a fucking little asshole and it, you know drove my mom crazy and so i was kind of left to like be the one like to like help you know navigate things and if i i think i realized at an early age like oh if i like you know help mom out by doing this with with casey you know that that makes her happy i, I see that makes her happy uh yeah. and and i kind of brought that in so i think a part of my shadow self is someone who is a little more self involved yeah and and who is like i want to do what i want to do so you feel like um, you've always just gave for others instead of finding yourself i think a big part of um, a big part of me does and i think i think i've constantly struggled with the between the two you know i also have my my dad who is was someone I, I really, really looked up to and still look up to, you know, and he was always kind of there to tell me like, listen, you know, like you are a really talented, talented kid. Like you can fucking do anything you want. You yeah. can, anything you want to do, like make sure that you focus on, on what makes you happy. Uh, so I was kind of always battling with these, these parts and still to this day, I'm, you know, I fight, fight with that a lot. Um, I think that's certainly a big part of my shadow self. I think. Um, Do you feel like you're a father figure to your brother? I feel like I 
am a father figure to a lot of people in my life. And I'm also looking for a father figure and looking for like a a brother figure, you know, like I, I, it's a bit of both. It's a bit of both. Like my brother and I also have a very interesting dynamic because he's older. Mm -hmm. He's older than me. And yet, you know, he relied on me a lot growing up and still to this day relies on me, you know, for a lot of things. And that caused as when we were kids caused like a buckload of tension. And like we were in therapy for a while as, as little kids. And it was like a very, it, it was, it was, it was tense. Um, but we were always there with each other. And was there always animosity between y'all or you guys? When we were, when we were teenagers, yeah. there was, uh, and then we started playing music together and then it all kind of changed. And then, you know, it was around the same time that my parents split up. Uh, and I think I was looking for something to really keep my family together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I think Casey, Casey had always been such an incredible musician did that piss you off because he was so good? He's better than you? <laughs> yeah. Every time, man, I'd be in band practice in the basement of my house playing with my band. And he would sneak down uh, when I wasn't there and like jam with everybody. And I'd come down and he'd be playing music with everyone. And I'd be like, God, fucking, dude, leave me alone. This is my, this is my thing. It is halftime at the Andy Fresco Interview Hour. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sports with Dolav. He's talking shit about the game. He's got a weird fucking name. It's Sports with Dolav. This week we're going to be talking some fucking sports. That's right. Quarantine is still happening, but not in the sports world. From no sports to all the sports. You fucking cannot believe it. Da-da-da-da-da-da. Whenever this broadcast comes out, NFL football will have been played. NBA fucking playoffs are full-blown. We got fucking WNBA. We got fucking tennis. U.S. Open. We got Major League Baseball. We got Major League Soccer. Fucking golf. What the fuck? We went from no sports to all the sports all at once. We got fucking hockey playoffs. If you're a sports fan, you're fucking pumped. That maybe and that's then, the thing. Yeah. Maybe that's the the separation between you and your brother. You need a sort of an individual feel, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's he's such an independent person, and in his spirit, yeah, you know, and and uh, um, I feel like. I, and, and he was kind of forced into this collective because he needs to rely on people and I rely so much on people and yeah, also like need to be, need to find ways to, to assert my independence, you know? So it's like, we're mirror images of each other, which is why we work so great together. I, I agree. And for someone to be so independent, but still be so vulnerable with help, I mean, Going into his shoes, it must be pretty hard too, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and trust me, like that is, that is something that I have thought about every day for my whole life. It's what, you know, like I was just journaling about this this morning. It's what makes me so pissed off 
when I go out into the world right now and I'm seeing everybody like starting to kind of go out again and like go to their favorite restaurants and like, yeah, you know, it's, 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 it's partially because I'm like, man, it doesn't feel safe right now to do any of that stuff. And partially, you know, and like partially because I'm just, I'm angry because they, I'm like, you don't know what it's like for someone like my brother who is immunocompromised, who really can't go out right now, even though it's like, we've kind of figured out like, it's safe to be outside. It's, you know, it's safe if you wear a mask. So people are feeling more comfortable, like sitting outdoors at restaurants and like, yeah. you know, doing, doing some, going back to some level of normalcy. I'm still like, fuck you. You don't know what it's like for people like my brother, you know? So yeah. I, I have this like kind of this anger and protection. frustration that I, I think, yeah, protection that I carry around. It was like the same thing in New York when we lived there and, you know, we'd be on the subway and, you know, I'd be standing with my brother and it would be a, pa- a packed subway and we'd have a long subway ride to go. And someone was just like sitting in the handicapped seat and just wouldn't look up from, wouldn't get up from their seat, wouldn't yeah. look up. You know, I'd get so mad. I'd get so mad, you know, and, and, um, yeah. You know, well, have you ever uh, fought anyone for your brother's sake? I've gotten into very, very, very close situations. Like what? What? Tell me one. Tell me one. Well, this one dude like made some comment like we were getting off the subway at my stop. Like he was, I don't know, it's fucking not all there, but he like made some like dumb comment about like my brother being blind, like made fun of him in Brooklyn. And I, we're, we lived right off the subway stop. So I dropped Casey off at home and I turn right the fuck back around and I go find this guy. I'm like, and I like chase him down. I'm like, yo, what'd you say about my brother? What'd you say about my brother? He was like, what's up? What's up? What you want? And he was like, he like, he was like, you want to fuck, you want to fucking go? Let's go. Let's go. No way. And I just, yeah. And I, and I, I was like, I, I could clearly tell that this guy was like, (laughs) this guy was crazy as fuck. Like, but like that idea of protecting, I mean, God, it must be whole. I mean, that's maybe that's why you, you feel like you lost your identity and you you feel like you've always protected everyone else, but you haven't thought about yourself, right? Yeah, I think that it's something. And I mean, and at the same time, I'm always thinking about myself, you know, like, <laughs> over musicians, always. of course, bro. <laughs> and and the way even the way that we operate in the band, like I kind of. I am the the generating force behind, you know. Are you the point person? Like the, you take care of all that? Yeah, yeah. And and in terms of songwriting, you know, I'm the one writing the the lyrics and melody, and usually coming up with the you know the direction for where we're going, and you know. But like, I think here's the ultimate thing: is like, I think I realized that. I, if I push everyone else away and say like, I'm doing everything on my own, this is every, like everything is all about me and I'm only going to do me mm-hmm. and what I want to do. Yeah. Then I'll end up alone and I don't want to be alone. Yeah. I mean, have you done that before you where know, you feel like you're alone? Like push people away? Yeah. I was like that too. Yes and no. Yes and no. You know, like the minute I get a sense of like, oh, this is how it feels. I'm like, I'm good. You know, I, I'm good. Like, come, 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 come back. <laughs> you know, so that's good that I you like, have remorse, right? Yeah. I liked it. Like I've realized, I've realized that I really love having a community of people around me, you know, like 
I've been in, uh, you know, I'm, I'm married as of last year and I've been with my wife for, for 10 years, almost it'll, it'll be 10 years next year. Um, Damn, that's pretty and, uh, you know, that partnership is really important to me and the partnership of my bandmates is very important to me. You know, my manager who we've been with since 2011, um, you know, uh, these are, you know, like I just naturally gravitate towards other people. Yeah. And, and I think it's important for me to always kind of keep myself in check too. And like, make sure that I'm not doing too much people pleasing. Yeah. Which is something I, I often go to, you know, it makes Um, you happy, but when you do too much of it, then it's like, you're not saving enough for yourself. Right. Yeah, man. I'm a Libra. I'm all about balance. I (laughs) got to stay balanced. You know what I'm saying? Like, I I, I think that, but I, I generally find that like, I really love, and especially in these, in these times, man, I'm realizing it more and more and more how much I love people. Yeah. Cause you, what makes you happy outside of music? Outside of music, I'm a big film guy. I mean, like my shit always just goes toward the arts, you know, yeah. like I, I, I love, I love film. I'm, you know, I have a production company with, with my wife and we're developing a couple different scripts right now. And, and, uh, I've been working I, you know, dog, you're working, bro. Yo, I'm, I love it. I do it because I fucking love it, man. You know, and she's a, she's a director and a filmmaker and a writer and, and she's, she's done the festival circuit for a number of years now. And, and, uh, I started getting inspired by her and started directing a couple of my own music videos for my own band. And, you know, and, and I, I, I think I was talking about this yesterday. Like, you know, like I really want to, I think another big chapter in my life, I think will be making movies because I just love them so much. What do you love? And I've always, Oh man. I mean, first of all, like I think the art form is such uh, an all encompassing art form. Like you are integrating so many different mediums into, into this one thing. And, and it, you know, it's like, that is all talk about community, you know, like you really like, that's something where you come into it, you know, and what I feel like I've done my whole career is like, I come in with a singular vision but I also love so I love different voices and I love getting people's like opinions because I know my strengths, but I also know my weaknesses. And I know that there's somebody out there who's going to be way better at this than I am. And I want to see what they bring to the table, you know, and and I think that's a big part of, of creating a film, directing a film, producing a film. What do you think? Um, what are your weaknesses? What do you think your weaknesses are? Well, I think that I'm not great on like marketing side on the marketing side of things. Like every time, look, it comes from like a plate, that same place where it's like, I want to talk about myself. Like I'll talk about myself, but I'm like, nah, ah, you know, what do I, what do I know? <laughs> what do I know? Yeah. Uh, and, uh, I think that there are people out there who are, who are much better at that than, than I am. Um, I think that, you know, um, there's something about the way my brain creatively works where yeah. I, I'm obsessed with like tropes and, um, 
and cliches because I, you know, I oftentimes I find that they get to something that is so, so, um, simple and pure and, and relatable and, and like eternal, you know? And, but sometimes that means that I end up leaning on cliches or I end up leaning on tropes. Hold on. What do you like too much? Like what? Give me an example. Like I'm thinking about this, this screenplay that I'm, I'm writing and what's it about? I'm writing it. I'm writing it with a, it's, it's kind of like a, a, uh, it's loosely based on my, me and Casey and our, our, uh, teenage years growing up. Yeah. In a small town in upstate New York. What? Ithaca? Mm hmm. Yeah. Tell me Um, about it. Well, about, about the film, I, I, it's, it's still a work in progress. No, no. Tell me about like your, the life that you had in Ithaca. Well, it's a small town, college town, very uh, strange kind of socioeconomic place. Like you have the universities like Cornell University and Ithaca College. So there's a lot of money there. There's a lot of, you know, it's scholarly. It's, you know, it's, it's uh, um, enlight- enlightened, you know, and, and uh, you're surrounded by rural upstate New York, which is very poor, you know, um, and uh, uh, they're, are a lot of like very ultra ultra conservative racist you know people that live in upstate new york and then there's also like a very large black community and community of color in you know in the cities and it's it's this very interesting melting pot and ithaca you know it is this this green little dot you know in in the middle of of kind of redder upstate new york blue dot there is a little too much kind of patting on the back of like, uh, you know, accepting we are, you know, any, any kind of like liberal college town in the middle of fucking nowhere has this. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, it's very evident growing up there that that's kind of bullshit and that there are still a lot of problems. It was like this idea of bullshit, fake optimism or like just fakeness. Well, no, I mean, I think, I think for me, it, it felt like a small ass town in the middle of nowhere. It felt so isolated. And so a big part of why I do what I do now is because I was like, I want to do something that gets me as far the fuck away from this. I want to create music that reaches as far the fuck away from this as possible, you know? Um, and, uh, and yet, you know, here I am, I find myself going back there all the time and, and, and a lot of the music that I write kind of draws from my experience growing up there and, and that, that feeling of that kind of ennui of, of being a teenager in a small town. Uh, I'm just, I'm just, I love it. I'm drawn Isn't to it, it over and over and over again. Isn't it amazing yeah. the things that we resent when we were kids? <laughs> we can't and we're obsessed with as we get older. It's crazy. Dude. It's crazy, man. Yeah, it really is, is so wild. Um, like, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm going back to, I'm going back home soon just because I've been thinking about it so much lately because obviously the world is ending. So I'm yeah. like, I want to see my mom. Does it make <laughs> you, you nervous going back home? It does. It totally does. Like you know, what? I think something that often happens to me is that I get really excited about going back home and then I go back home and all of a sudden again, I feel like that same feeling of like, I got to get out of here. This is not, I, I no, 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 I got to get out of here. Especially, you know, 
look, coming back sometimes and like, you know, seeing people who I haven't seen in a while and, you know, and they're like, you know, Ooh, big time. Like, you know, we love your music. Like you're doing such big shit for Ithaca. Like, yeah. yeah like, and then all of a sudden I feel like, Oh my God, is this like, am I just like the most famous person in Ithaca, New York now? Is that all I'm going to be ever? You know, like, is that, is that like, is this my destiny? Fuck. I don't want this. I got to get out of here. Yeah. You know, there's, there's a little bit of that. Yeah. Well, like how long does it take you to normally get out of that push and pull that anxiety? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it hopefully yeah. it doesn't last for weeks. It only just lasts for a couple of days. Like, I don't know, being in a small town, when you get famous and you lived in a small town, you're always going to now have that resentment feeling like, oh, Mr. Famous, Mr. Hollywood, yeah. you know, like it's kind of yeah. like, yeah, yeah, is yeah. that is that in our minds or is do you, or do you probably think it's mo- actually? Probably, probably mostly in, in your head. Yeah. You know, I, I think that, um, you know, you just got to be proud of where you're from and yeah. know that like, you know, for me, it's like, I get really emotional and inspired when I talk to like my, um, my wife's little cousin who's at IHS right now. Mm-hmm. He's moved to high school that I went to and he's making music. And this kid is really fucking talented. And he's like, you know, talks about the music festival that we put on Cayuga sound, uh, that we put on two years in a row in, in Ithaca that hopefully we'll be able to do again where we brought a bunch of different artists, you know, to our hometown and, and put on this big festival. And, and he talks about that, like it was the greatest thing, you know, for him and so inspiring, you know, for, for him and his friends who, you know, they get to see someone like me who made it out of the town and, and did something with my, you know, my music on a a larger stage. Um, and that's when I get, that's when I'm able to like really be appreciative of, of, you know, the, that, that whole thing. Yeah. Like what would you Um, tell someone like that? Like a kid like that trying to get out of the town where they, the inspiration that they look into you is like, you got out and followed your dreams. Like, how yeah. do you talk I tell to him someone? To, like I tell that? him to get the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Get the fuck out. I tell him. I'm, I'm like, cool, cool, cool. You want to get out? Get out. Yeah. You know? no, why do you, I, Why do you I, think people I, are scared to leave their towns or scared to leave oh, something I mean, new? I think that it's a combination of of you know like comfort level of 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 you know, being a little afraid of the unknown. I think the prospect of, especially if you are, you know, have like the big fish, little pond thing going on. Yeah. Sometimes the prospect of becoming a small fish again, after you've worked so hard to become the big fish, is really daunting. Uh, and, uh, daunting to who your mind or like your ego or what? Yeah. To you, to you. I think, I think to, it's just, it's daunting to your, to your ego because you want to feel, you want to, everyone's just wanting wants to feel safe somehow yeah. you know and i and i think it's something that you have to fight against as an artist constantly is and that's what you know that's what we we're talking about earlier about yeah. like the idea of like individualism versus collectivism that's a constant battle you know because that you have to have you're obligated to have as an artist because it's your job to make sure you're never never in your comfort zone yeah you know, like it's the true. minute you find yourself in that comfort zone, you have to take every ounce of strength in your body and like pick up your yeah. fucking leg Get and the fuck move out. it outside. Yeah, exactly. You know, you have to. And it's it's fucking hard, man. 
It is fucking hard. And sometimes you don't know that it's happened until like you're in it and you're like, oh my God, I'm doing the same shit that I've been doing. Uh, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get out. <laughs> I gotta yeah. do this. It becomes, it becomes instinct after a while, you know, like it just becomes this kind of like, you suddenly wake up and you realize that you've been, you know, like in this comfortable little lane and, uh, that's why nothing is changing for you and you need to step out of it. Do you ever felt that way you with know, ex ambassadors? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think sometimes I've gone, I've like gone so far as to like step outside the lane, make something that I felt like was, was outside my comfort zone and then make the decision to go back into something that is in my comfort zone because I've psyched myself out, you know, like, why do you think we're scared of the new? I, man, that's a big question. I think that maybe it's it's something that goes, you know, again to like the idea of of comfort and safety. Yeah. And I think that the older we get, you know, like the more we look to that, the more we look back, you know, like, you know, I think just the fear of dying and you know that yeah. that fear of fear of getting older and um, you know, disappearing, um, you look to those things that, you know, made you who you are and that you re- that resonated with you at an early age. Yeah. And that's kind of what you cling to. Um, so something new, it, it, you know, it reflects back on you as being like something that you've never seen before. And when you're younger, I think it's really exciting. And when you start to get older, it starts to be a little intimidating um, and because you're just reminded of like the passage of time, you're reminded yeah. of like, you know, the, the changing of the guard, you know, you're reminded that like, you know, everyone becomes nothing eventually. Are you and scared that's to die? fucking scary. Absolutely. Absolutely. Is that one of your biggest one fears? Of my, that's one of my biggest fears. Same I here. think, you know, like the idea of just not existing at all. It's, it's like devastating. It's devastating to me. So I think that I live so much of my life, you know, trying not to be, uh, like under the spell of that and command of that fear. Yeah. Because and it's, that's a really hard thing to do. I mean, it's kind of self-sabotage when we think about death. Yeah. If we just think yeah. about death, we're not living presently. We're we're thinking about when we die instead of when we're living. <laughs> yeah. How hard? Yeah, I mean, man. like, I, it's so, I'm for me too. It's like, fuck, if I think about death all the time, then I'm not thinking about living and then I'm not being present and everything should exactly. be about present. <laughs> be, should, I know. And then, and then you start beating yourself up over not being in the present enough. Exactly. It's, it's a vicious cycle. What? Why? So, you know. My question is, why do we why are we so much harder on ourselves versus other people? Man, I think that, you know, evolutionarily, have you read Sapiens? Have you read Mm -hmm. that book? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's that, it's that thing where it's like, you know, when we were, you know, for the most of human of the, of the time period that homo sapiens have existed on this planet, it was really like, you know, like survive. You have to like, know how to run fast so you can outrun the fucking saber-toothed tiger you know right uh and 
And uh, and now that saber tooth tigers are not a daily threat, they don't pose a daily threat to us. Yeah, you know, our our brains are still kind of like conditioned to look for those threats and look for those things. So we we make it internal, and uh, you know, we start you know kind of doing like, oh, don't like don't play with your hair in front of this girl because she's she's gonna she's gonna think you're like a you know like like prissy or like if you know like oh shit why did i fucking say that like yeah. i sounded like such an idiot like i sounded like i i was sounded so insecure like god damn it you're a fucking you're a fucking piece of shit you know like it's a uh, um i think that's that's partially where it comes from and and uh um man it's it's hard you know sometimes what's that saying like the some, i don't know where this comes from but uh talking about like you would never say to someone's oh i think i i got this through my headspace app uh, cuz i use i use headspace yeah, me too. it talks about um the type of awful shit that you say to yourself in your head like I know. Would you ever say that to another person? No fucking way. No bro. fucking way. <laughs> like no way. So why would you say that to yourself? Yeah. You know, like I think just a little self kindness is is uh, goes a long way. I mean, <laughs> and yeah. forgiveness. You I, know? I agree. So like that's what I'm trying to get at. So like we think about everyone else. Start thinking about yourself, Sam. Start thinking right. about. The way that you're going to fuck shit up right now. Not tomorrow. Exactly. Not yesterday. Be yourself, bro. Wow, we didn't exactly. even talk about music. <laughs> we just talked about... But I think that's more important. I think these type of it's conversations are way more important than, you know, kind of jerking each other off about what type of music we play. So Yeah, man. But this is a real reflection uh, of the type of music that I'm making right now. Yeah. Is that I'm in this phase where I am really choosing to focus a little bit more on, on myself and what I like and what I want. And, uh, I think that's an exciting place for me to, that's to a, be. In. That's important, bro. So I have one yeah. last question and I'll let you do your fucking live in that LA life, bro. Proud Let's of you. Go. Let's um, go. what do you want to be remembered by Sam? Therein lies the problem is that we're all kind of searching for this thing that is going to make us immortal. Yeah. That is going to make us last forever. You know, I hope that for the time that I am, I am remembered on this planet, that I am remembered uh, as someone who brought people together, as someone who uh, encouraged others to be vulnerable, mm -hmm. someone who was vulnerable himself. Yeah. Um, and uh, who made some some people are very happy. I don't know. That's you important, know, that's bro. What, that's what, that's what I hope. But and, you know, I think that is, it is that very question that like haunts a lot of us. And does that, it haunt you? Absolutely. <laughs> Me absolutely. too, bro. <laughs> oh my God. And uh, like, what a fucking, like what a pressure again, what a pressure to put on yourself uh, to like create what, something build legacy. Yeah. Like, Oh my God. Like, do you understand, like, I, you know, it, it didn't really make sense to me until a couple of years ago, I was in a songwriting session with someone and he was like, bro, this was like right around the time when four or five seconds came out. Yeah. Rihanna, yeah. like, kids on Twitter were like, yo, big ups to Rihanna for like putting up this, putting on this dude, Paul McCartney, like, oh my damn, God. like he's going to blow up. That makes it put in perspective. 
that exactly you're just a timeline. Exactly. Yeah. Arguably the greatest band of all time, yeah. one of the greatest songwriters of all time. Like people don't know who he is. So maybe we shouldn't put so much pressure on legacy and just build the best life we can and fuck the fuck what people think about it. Exactly. Because, you know, like I think your life is just yours. It's just yours. And, uh, and that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to live a completely selfish life. I think that yeah. that doesn't lead to a happy life necessarily for me at least. You know, but I will I will strive to do things that make me happy. And one of the things that makes me happy is, you know, creating a community around myself that is loving and supportive of uplifting other people and of doing stuff that and creating stuff that I like. If you live by that, you know, I think that that you're you're going to be fine. Yeah. (laughs) You know, well, I'm proud to fucking meet you, bro. And I'm proud that you're living presently and I'm. Just proud that you're fucking shit up. So keep fucking shit I'm up. And, you uh, too, baby. Hey, man. This, is, this was a great way to start my my Monday off. Thank you. I'm gonna play, do I have to play the Eye of the Tiger music? You better fuck shit up today, Sam. You're going to fuck Let's shit up so fucking hard that nothing's going to fucking it. stop you today. Let's go, baby. Let's go. <laughs> have a great day, bud. Thanks for being on the show. You too, man. Hey, take Talk care, bro. Later. <laughs> there you go, Sam Harris. All right. Awesome. Wow. Great conversation. All right, I'll catch you on the tail end. Now, a message from the UN. Well, I've been from Tucson to come carry to hatch a Peter Tone Paul, driven every kind of rig that's ever been made, driven the back row so I wouldn't get way. And if you give me being on the show. First time meeting you. Very nice guy. Very cool. Very uh, responsive and was very vulnerable when I was asked, again, trying to get deep 
with what's going on with his life. So shout out to you, Sam. Thank you, buddy. Woo! Yes, Sam. But that's it, guys. You know, wanted to make a quick uh, call out to our boys, Camu Labs. Um, CBD, I'm telling you, it is, if you don't want to, if you don't like, if you like weed, but you don't like getting high and you, and, or if you don't like the, the anxiety, maybe like you get old, like me, I'm like that too. I used to smoke pound weed. I used to pound weed all the fucking time, all day, smoke joints in my car, just fucking blaze down. And then one day I woke up and I started getting anxiety attacks from smoking too much highly, uh, high THC levels. So I moved on to CBD and it changed my, it really changed my life. And these Camu Labs are dope. They got a bunch of um, different ones. They have one where you could sleep. You know, like when you smoke weed, you don't dream. It's called dream and it's fucking awesome. And I sleep like a motherfucker. I'm like, oh, thank you, God. I wake up feeling good. Then I'll put some revive in my, uh, in my body and um, vitality. And um, when I'm drinking, you know, it's, it's fire stuff. So go out there. Go check out camulabs.com. I'm not just pitching it because they throw us money. I really believe in this product. I told, I've been talking about this for weeks, you know. So go grab some Camu Labs um, CBDs um, and uh, tell them Frasco sent you if you want. Or just get it. I'm telling you, I'm not. You should just get it because CBDs are, you know, are important. And, you know, the weed plan is really healthy if you take out the... the the craziness that is in THC. So go grab yourself some Cami Labs. If you're in the Denver area, go get some 14 or weed because they're my boys. Evan's the man and um, they've uh, really taken really good care of us while I've moved to Denver. So shout out to 14 or one more time. But that's it, guys. I'll leave it to you at this. Listen to what Sam was saying. You know, don't don't overthink your uh, your destiny. Just do. Just fucking do it. Life is short. If we can't follow our dreams now and we're going to wait till we're fucking 70 and our knees hurt and our fucking body hurts and we're never going to follow our dreams. So go get them now. Go after it. Get fucking crazy. Fall in love. Find happiness right now so 2021 could be your year because it will be your year. It's going to be all our years, you know? Even if it's kind of shitty and the virus is still rocking, we could... We could live. We learned that we could live through this shit. Um, so just be protective. Think about others. Wear masks. And let's get away with this. Get away through this virus so we could live the life we're supposed to live in 2021. All right, guys. I love you. Be safe. I'll catch you next week. We got some fucking fire, fire um, interviews. Got Kamasi Washington on the show. We're almost at 100 episodes. Isn't that fucking crazy? 100 fucking episodes. So shout out to everyone who's been rocking with us. Our numbers keep going up and up and up. And I'm just, I just, um, I'm thankful that I have an outlet where I could be completely honest with my fans and you don't judge me too much. Um, and that's, uh, that's why we're here. And if you ever need someone to talk to, you know, you can hit me up on Instagram, Facebook, you know, I'm here. We're all in this together. If you need to find help and can't afford to find help, go to Backline. Um, they'll find you a therapist and, you know, try to get you a discount if you're in the music industry or even if you're a fan. Um, that's still part of the music industry. We're all in this together. Fans, musicians, everything. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'll catch you next week. Stay safe. Wear condoms. Don't feel like um, 
you got to populate the world because you don't if you don't want to, you know, don't let if you don't want a relationship, don't want to get married, fuck it. Cut the balls. Vasect me that shit. I've been considering just tying them up for, uh, you know, 10 years or so because so I can enjoy sex a little more. I'm afraid to come. I'm afraid to come in things that maybe might be able to grow something in nine months. So I might just, you know, zip it up for a few years so I can enjoy sex again. Um, I don't know why I brought that up, but I was just thinking about that. I'm like, damn, sometimes I just don't enjoy sex because I'm worried about coming in in a situation that I shouldn't, you know, it's probably inappropriate to come in when it's just a first date. So um, I might just zip it up a little bit. But um, with that being said, be who you want to be. Be the person you want to see in in the mirror. You know, like that fucking Michael Jackson song, Man in the Mirror. You want to look yourself in the mirror? Be proud because you fucking earned it. You made it this far. Go out and get it, killer. All right, guys. I'll talk to you guys soon. And um, I'll see you on Tuesday. All right. Love you. You tuned in to the third season of Blissful Blah, Andy Fresco's world-saving podcast. Produced by Andy Fresco, Joe Angel Allen, Chris Lawrence. Please subscribe, rate the show on iTunes and Spotify so we can make this a worldwide phenomenon. For info on the show, please head to Instagram at World Saving Podcast. For more info on blog or tour dates, head to andyfresco.com. Check out the new album, Keep On Keeping On. Or let Andy entertain you at the Thursday night online shit show. Or at this crazy Saturday night wanna dance with somebody dance parties. Alright, summer season is here, no festivals, no music. So instead of trying to keep the lip going and hoping to find some shitty patron bonus tuba gigs this summer, I decided to reroute. Building closets and wardrobes, build a tiny summer house and do some painting. It will be October in no time. And yes, I sort of hate it compared to the wonderful life I live. But I'm also thankful that people trust my skills or my good looks or whatever. They have my back and I manage to make some money. The big danger in this line of work, actually, it pays a lot better than being a musician. Alright, how are you doing? Making ends meet? Worried? No work? Putting on a virtual dance party every week? Let's make sure to carry each other, get one another's backs, keep each other safe, keep each other sane, keep each other healthy. Let's unite, for it will be a long road ahead. See you next week.